Hello and welcome to Fantasy Life Podcast. I'm your host, Ian Harditz. It is a great day to be great and a great day to mock great. We are going to be knocking out three separate mock drafts, full PPR, I'm sorry, PPR scoring from the 101, 106, and the 112. Redraft season is in the air and let's figure out what the hell our strategy is going to be ahead of the 2023 fantasy season. And by we, I mean myself. And of course, Fantasy Life's finest, Chris Allen. What's going on, Chris? What's going on, brother? Uh, yeah, it feels like we're in that seesaw period of the offseason where it's like best ball season is still really hot and heavy. We're going to have more casuals popping into the best ball lobbies here soon. I'm assuming with more training camp news, more preseason hype is like two weeks around the corner. I mean, all those things. But at the same time, we have to start talking redraft strategy because a number of people, I've seen in the comments already, people talking about their PPR leagues and just when we do player takes, all of our thoughts have been towards underdog. They've been towards best ball. I mean, that half point PPR like type of stuff. But people are talking like thinking redraft. They're thinking what's going to happen once we get into the season. So doing something like this kind of puts them in that mindset. And I know I need it because I've been so deep into these best ball streets after really taking most of the early parts of the offseason off. Doing this will kind of help me separate, all right, is this a really good redraft strategy or should I start to switch things up? And is this more of a best ball type of approach? So I think this is a good mental exercise for everybody. Because, you know, as much as your RB19 and best ball is still your RB19 and redraft land, Chris, there are other more bigger roster construction issues. You know, you don't need a second quarterback in redraft league and best ball. You're not getting that chance to hit the waiver wire. So, of course, you need to cover all your bases from that perspective. So, yep. again, guys, going to be using a lovely tool over at Sleeper, one of my favorite places, probably my single favorite place, actually, to go ahead and go play redraft fantasy football. So, can't say enough good things about Sleeper. And, yeah, Chris and I are going to be drafting from the one the 106 and the 112 now i do like going into the best ball streets to get better live reps in terms of you're facing actual people and i don't think the same sort of you know overall discrepancies in ADP that you might see in some of these mock draft lobbies, but sleeper does do a really good job compared to some of the other sites I've been out there. It's not just in terms of, you know, seeing the top guy on the queue get picked every single time next. No, there is, you know, some, I'm not sure exactly what their algorithm is, Chris, but there's something going on there that they do try to actually build these teams in a realistic manner. So without further ado, man, let's get after it, Chris, for those of us joining us on YouTube, first of all, thank you. And second of all, you can now actually see our draft board being pulled up here so i'm gonna start the draft chris and we are live from the 101 it's got to be justin jefferson right i know it's been years where we've had christian mccaffrey or last year jonathan taylor there but the wide receiver scoring is so out of control for my money's worth jj's the easy 101 yeah, and actually our own, the great Dwayne McFarlane had put out a piece in today's newsletter for folks checking that out. Uh, so for the Thursday newsletter, go ahead and check out his piece on drafting wide receivers and the fact that we should be looking at the wide receiver position like as early and often as possible. And with Justin Jefferson being part of the Vikings, their pass rate of expectation being top five, top six in the league last season. I know that some folks have some concern with another another year for TJ Hawkinson, another uh, this season adding Jordan Addison, but I'm still thinking Justin Jefferson is going to be the man. If you want to dither about and do the Jamar Chase over Justin Jefferson thing, I'm not going to I'm not going to argue with you, especially being a Bengals fan. But JJ being the 101, JJ does all the way. 
Definitely the same tier. Intriguingly, we have Travis Kelsey going third overall. He is going to be someone that maybe not going third, but certainly not going to be slipping. It's not going to see slipping in the round two of many drafts. Already noticing a small difference here versus best ball land. Not seeing quite as many wide receivers flying off the board. We did have Eckler, Saquon, Bijan Robinson, and Jonathan Taylor all go in round one. But lovely sleeper app. Chris has has the has a, a CPUs and flying off the board so it is already back to us here at the two three turn patrick mahomes is the only quarterback off the board we do have tony pollard t higgins Najee harris chris Olave. what's your feeling on getting one of josh allen or jalen hurts here because we could lock down quarterback and just be completely done with it again in redraft we only need one we will worry about the bye week when we have to worry about the bye week but someone i mean again we have two picks here so we can go a quarterback and tony pollard mark andrews is on the board still some pretty good wide receivers what are you thinking uh for here at this point i wouldn't mind uh like filling out like our wide receiver spot and also a second wide receiver spot and looking at a quarterback just looking at the running backs that could potentially be available to us like on the what's so that beyond the four, four five. No, yeah on the four five wrap uh so if you are interested in the Joe Mixons, the Ken Walkers, uh, even double tapping it there for guys that we know are going to have those potential, like let's say two and a half to three down type of role. I mean, because mm-hmm. those are the guys I'd be looking at, like adding to the running back room right afterwards. So I wouldn't mind like T Higgins here. I'm going to go Hertz or Allen. Hertz. Yeah, I agree. Jalen Hertz there. T Higgins. Okay. I think T Higgins, Alave and Devonte Smith are in the same tiers. Where do you mm-hmm. fall on stacking and redraft versus best ball, Chris? I feel like it's essential to all prioritize in best ball, but mm-hmm. redraft, if you firmly think T Higgins is better than Devonte Smith, I'm not against going that route. Do you believe T Higgins should definitely like definitively be ranked ahead of Devonte Smith? I don't think so. That's not where, that's not where I'm at as of right now. I have, I have T maybe a couple spots ahead of Devonta Smith okay. just because the, the passing element, like for, for the Eagles, like while from a target share standpoint, the two will essentially probably match up or they should align uh, for the season. But looking at the two passers involved, I would prefer Joe or Jalen Hurts. That's just, and also, especially once they get into the red zone, right? Where I see more touch pushes from Hurts versus <laughs> like passing from, uh, from Joe Burrow. You know what? I'm sharing the podcast with a Bengals fan. So let's throw you a bone here, Chris. This one is not counting for any money. Let's 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 get some T Higgins on the squad. But your general point about being the wait, you know, being able to wait until rounds four or five to get maybe some of those bell cow running backs. I do see what you're saying there. I mean, again, they are going off the board a bit quicker than we are seeing over in best ball land. But still, man, guys like Alexander Madison, Miles Sanders, as much as, you know, I continue to look at them and say, why draft them in rounds five and six when you can get James Conner in round eight? Well, if you load up on sick wide receivers and quarterbacks early, it's not illegal to take multiple of those guys. So mm-hmm. as we stand here now at the four or five turn, Chris, do have Hawkinson on the board as a top tight end, but honestly with Darren Waller still out there, Kyle Pitts a few rounds later, I'm not going to worry about tight end with this one. We already got our two wide receivers going into round. I mean, the end of round four, again, Drake, London, DJ Moore, Jerry, Judy, top guys available as we've talked about in a lot of streams. So this is such a long kind of wide receiver two wide receiver receiver three tier i think your original strategy stands chris let's double tap rb here miles sanders damian pierce cam Akers, deandre swift james connor alexander madison who's sticking out to you here 
Uh, a couple of guys like right uh, that you mentioned. I mean, Acres like sticks out. We've had a number of conversations about his potential in the Rams offense. Alexander Madison. I know there's been some debate over Alexander Madison. Is he going to get most of the touches? Like, we'll see if they wind up adding in like some sort of veteran free agent like throughout the remaining remaining parts of the offseason. But I think Acres, Connor. Madison, uh, like Sanders, I'm not as high on, but like most of those guys kind of fit into the type of profile that I'd be looking for here. Let's go ahead and lock up Acres. Do you think we should be double tapping running back or are you liking one of London, Moore, Judy, Christian Watson? I would say relative to, you know, the ADP we're used to using at least, Christian Watson might be the best value here. Again, we already got Cam Akers. I do think we could potentially go wide receiver if you're into Watson enough. I am you know, very well aware that I'm sharing this podcast with you, not Dwayne McFarlane. Otherwise we'd already have drafted Watson. <laughs> no, and you're hundred percent correct because I was so like zoomed in on like double tapping running back. Since we talked about that, at our last, uh, like at our last mm -hmm. couple of picks, I wasn't even looking at the wide receivers that are available. No, I'd windmill uh, Christian Watson at this okay. point. Yeah. Let's go ahead and get Christian Watson there again. That's a, it's another example on something to be really aware of in redraft land tough right now, because I don't trust these ADPs. Uh, shout out to Scott bear for pointing out that CBS sports ADP, I believe has Justin Jefferson 33rd overall behind what? Christian Watson behind Christian Watson on CBS sports. Absolute madness. That, right. one, that one wild Packers fan on Twitter must be the only person, you know, drafting over at CBS sports. Yeah, so yeah, shout, yeah. Out, yeah. shout out to them, but yeah. So here we go. First five rounds. We got Justin Jefferson, T. Higgins, Christian Watson, three guys that, again, JJ, best wide receiver in all of fantasy and maybe even real life football. T. Higgins, a guy that's been a consistent top 12 to top 15 option with Joe Burrow. Christian Watson, someone who we really think the ceiling could be the freaking moon if he is as good as he was during portions of last season. Got our one running back in Cam Akers and got Jalen Hurts at the end of round two. So we are officially done at quarterback. As we now get into round six and seven, Chris, the tight end room, Darren Waller is there. There, and honestly, it's a drop off after that. So I think we should get Darren Waller here. Dallas Goddard just went off the board. We saw yep. a mini run last round with Hawkinson, Kittle, and Pitts. Awesome. We will go ahead and lock in Darren Waller again. Main question I want to ask myself in every single spot of the draft, what can I get here that I cannot get later? And for my money's worth, Darren Waller is the last true upside tight end that can lead his offense and targets that has a real chance of not knocking off Travis Kelsey, let's be real. But if mm -hmm. he beats out Mark Andrews by just a little bit, man, would not be shocked. Since 2019, Andrews has only averaged 0.4 more PPR points per game than Darren Waller. Daniel Jones makes a mini leap and who the hell knows? Takes us to running back versus wide receiver. Alexander Madison on the board. Christian Kirk, Rashad White, Mike Evans. I feel like Madison is sticking out here, Chris. I mean, we even got that note yesterday from Matt Harmon's interview with him, basically saying that when he re-signed with the Vikings in the first place, it was under the assumption that he would be giving a featured role. Seems like pretty good value being able to get Madison, again, two rounds past guys like Miles Sanders and Damian Pierce. Yeah, and actually looking at the guys that were drafted ahead of him. Now, Javante Williams was taken in the earlier parts of the, so that's what, uh, the sixth round. So like, or maybe four picks before we are, uh, were up for our pick. So like, would I have taken Javante Williams? Potentially, that would have been a better discussion. But DeAndre Swift, 
not really feeling it. Dalvin Cook drafted at the at the what that was the five six turn, so that might have been like a you know, a, you know the, whatever algorithm that sleeper is using. In order I don't know, play. Chris. Maybe, maybe computer team twelve maybe knows something know. we don't. There might be. We'll have to see if sleeper's got some AI working for it or something. <laughs> but I think out of the guys that are available now, Madison, Rashad White, Pacheco, Kamara, uh, I think Madison is the one that sticks out easy. Rashad White, someone that I do think deserves to be in that tier. But hey, if we're looking for a hopeful workhorse running back that has kind of middling efficiency performance, let's take the one in a far better offense in Minnesota versus Tampa Bay. Speaking yeah. of Minnesota, real quick, Chris, have you checked out the uh, quarterback Netflix doc? I have not, but I've seen enough comments about it over the past week or so to say that I'm probably not going to watch it. But uh, it, it seems it. like it's I interesting. It's fine. I think people are being a little too rough on it. Most notably, our dear real-life friend, John Daigle. Come on, man. Don't be slandering quarterback. It's all we got. It's July, man. Even if it's just yeah. cool highlights from time to time, man, I will take it. But okay, here we are now. Round eight, nine turn. Again, we have our quarterback. And guess what? We have our tight end now in Darren Waller. We are done adding to those positions, Chris. And that is one of the allure, alluring points of taking an early round quarterback and tight end. Same thing in best ball. You take a Jalen Hurts early. You need to add one more quarterback to account for that buy in best ball. But in redraft, man, I am done. So we're about to just load up on running backs and wide receivers yes, for the next eight or nine rounds and hope that we hit it big. Looking at the available options, Brandon Cooks, Quentin Johnston, Gabe Davis, Rashad Penny, Brian Robinson, Jamal Williams, Samaje Pirine. I feel like one of Piran and Brian Robinson offer that solid flex with benefits upside that we like to look for. And with guys like Gabe Davis and Quentin Johnston there, this really, as we talk about a lot in best ball land, is where the wide receivers start to fall off a cliff. So I'd be down for one of Robinson and Piran and one of Gabe or Quentin Johnston. Chris, do you have a preference among those? Uh, between the two of them, I would probably, I would lean towards, I have leaned towards P Ryan in drafts and then also Gabe Davis just for that. I mean, if you want that punch, that, that upside to some of the guys we already have between Justin, uh, Jefferson, Higgins, Watson, all explosive, all getting like 20 plus percent targets like from their teams. But if we want that spike week potential, that's the, that's Gabe Davis to a T. So I like that. Gabe Davis, 10th in the entire NFL in touchdowns among wide receivers since entering the league in 2020, including playoffs, of course. I get it. I wish that Gabe Davis wasn't the Bills' number two wide receiver, but Chris, he is. So we got to kind of treat him at least accordingly that way. Now being priced basically where he finished last year, not where he was being drafted when he burned you. Don't hate the player. Hate the ADP. Right now, Gabe Davis's ADP looking very, very affordable. Alan Lazard, Elijah Mitchell, OBJ, Jacoby Myers, Adam Thielen, some of the best guys on the board, quote unquote, best here rounds 10, 11. I know Elijah Mitchell is someone you've been pounding the drum for all offseason long, Chris. Yes, I think that's the easy one that sticks out to me. Like, do I like Tyler Algier? Just thinking through the potential running back options, or at least how Atlanta's going to deploy their offense this season. Could they do more uh, window dressing? Like when it comes to like their, like, can they do like two running back sets, pony packages? Like Green Bay has done all of that to, for Algier to get back on the field because he is a solid running back. Sure. But do I want to get more touches in an offense that we know is going to be a run heavy too efficient? That's San Francisco. So I think Elijah Mitchell there makes a ton of sense to me. 
We do already have now, and we did lock in Elijah Mitchell, by the way. Our wide receivers are Justin Jefferson, T. Higgins, Christian Watson, and Gabe Davis. So I'm not loving this range of guys we got here. We could reach a little bit on guys like Sky Moore, maybe Jonathan Mingo. Zay Jones is down there a little bit. But Chris, I feel like the way we kind of set this up, prioritizing wide receivers and quarterback early, we should be getting more shots at running back versus the wide receivers here. Moving on again. Playing over at Underdog Fantasy, you got three starting wide receiver spots to fill. I fully understand, you know, the need to really fill those in a hurry with a bunch of high-end picks, but at least in our league, we have going on here. Base 12 team with two wide receiver spots, you know, two or three flexes that can take either. I, I'm not afraid to, again, load up on running backs. So out of these guys, we do have Algier there, Kendra Miller, someone who rather confusingly got put on the NFI list, but Nick yeah. Underhill came out and said it's not medically related. So I'm not terrified of that. Also have Tank Bigsby, Tajay Spears, Jerome Ford can probably get them a little bit later. Are you good with Algier or would you rather get one of these wide receivers? No, I would take Algier or Kendra, like, because okay. to your point, the strategy discussion that kind of deviates from the best ball discussion for uh, as it compares to redraft is that fact that our running back room is kind of weak. And so while we might not have, we might not be able to put the best roster or have the, you know, computer select the best roster for us, we would have to make that decision. So out of the running backs that we currently have, yes, we'd be fine putting in Akers and Madison on a week to week basis, but let's say the defense that they're going up against that week doesn't look great or the you know the matchup or whatever things are look trending in the right direction i want to have more options at a position that we know we're going to be weak at so double tapping it here at the at the turn i think is the right move not a full zero RB build here, but only taking one running back in Cam Akers inside the first six rounds. That's what you kind of end up with, guys. Again, not saying that the 101, we're about to do another mock from the 106 and the 112. Again, this is just a practice to help see what are the options when you're drafting out of the 101. Because I know personally in my home league, you know, it's one of those things where you go and you do some quirky little competition. And then when you win, Chris, it's not that you get awarded the 101. You actually get awarded the first pick of where you want to go and uh, select your draft choice out there so again part of this is figuring out what we do out of the 101 and the other part is do we even want the 101 in the first place as we get down here into rounds 12 and 13 this is where i think you can really start being pleased with some of the running backs on the board so tank bigsby Jalen warren tajay spears jerome ford i think there is a rather massive drop off after these guys yes you can throw some darts at guys like fournette kareem hunt later and hope they end up on a team but man oh man it just gets rough mostly after this so 18 rounds we're still going to have you know four picks after these two to potentially add some more wide receivers are you cool double tapping rb here chris i'd be fine with that uh i would definitely advocate for a guy like either tank or or jalen like at, at this spot yeah. looking at the wide receivers that are available i mean michael gallup sticks out as one of the guys at least i've been pounding the table for my Nico solid Nico solid too. Yeah, I think Gallup is probably going to be this year's version of Zay Jones in terms of that deep threat Ooh. from a team that could really start to pop towards the end of the year. Uh, but yeah, I think double tapping running back, if you're not really wide receivers there, I'm fine with it. Let's go Bigsby and Warren again. If we yeah. had taken a running back over Christian Watson or maybe over Darren Waller earlier and we had that more solidified, you know, RB3 on the squad, I'd probably be more willing to take a wide receiver dart here, but we didn't. So now as it stands here through 13 rounds, our running back room is Cam Akers, Alexander Madison, presumably our top two starters. Samaj Piran, someone that I am confident can provide us flex value and potentially far more should Javante Williams not exactly be 100% healthy to start the 
season. And then some prime flex with benefits options in Elijah Mitchell, Kendra Miller, Tank Bigsby, and Jalen Warren. Guys that we've honestly been talking about all summer long in the best ball streets because, again, after them, you do start falling off a cliff. And you can see that with Gus Edwards, Dwayne McBride, Zach Evans, Israel, I cannot pronounce your last name, being the best guys. Yeah, there you go. There you go, Chris. That's why they pay you the big bucks here. So (laughs) looking ahead now again. Four picks left. Once again, we are done at quarterback and tight end because you only need one if you are getting, I would say, where would you draw that line, Chris? Like, I kind of say top nine quarterbacks, including Watson into the Lawrence and Herbert group. I think mm-hmm. if you get one of those guys, you only need one. And if you get one of the top seven tight ends uh, with Waller being the last one, is that a fair threshold? Yeah, I would say the the cutoff for me has been in that Tua range. So like mm-hmm. the 10-ish, like somewhere in there. Like if I'm starting... If I'm starting Anthony Richardson as my quarterback one, I think that's where I'm. Uh, things feel kind of dicey there. If he's like my yeah. first quarterback draft, that's it's fair. like Tua is like Tua Dak, like somewhere in that range, quarterback ten, quarterback eleven ish. That's where I draw the line. Looking at the wide receivers available: Rashid Shahid, Van Jefferson, KJ Osborne, Donovan Peoples Jones. I'm gonna go ahead and tap Van Jefferson right here, and I'll let you pick that the next be one, my pick. Chris. That, hey, that was there gonna be go. my pick. Yeah, great minds. Well, I stole from you, Chris. Now you got to <laughs> pick another one out of this group. <laughs> Let's take our boy Rashid Shahid. Like, why okay. not? If we, if we do want to look for more players that could at least fall into that, I don't know, 18, like 16, 17, 18% target range on offenses that we think could be relatively efficient. The Rams, for sure. I'm not entirely positive, like, how the Saints are going to turn out, but we already do know, like, uh, Shahid like, should be an efficient receiver. So I dig that pick. And if he falls to us, just a few more picks, we're going to take another. Oh, no, Donovan Peoples-Jones off the board. I look at Shahid and DPJ, very, very similar, man. They're Mm -hmm. offenses that, no, aren't guarantees to be amazing throwing the ball. But we've seen Derek Carr enable some fantasy-friendly wide receivers. And obviously, Watson, when he is right, is pretty damn incredible. So being Mm -hmm. able to get guys that are just starting in three wide receiver sets, and maybe we're just overestimating the overall target discrepancy between Alave, Michael Thomas, while he's healthy, and Shahid in the same. Same thing with Cooper, Elijah Moore, and DPJ, two of my favorite later round wide receivers to get. Team two with a pretty good uh, snipe. Good job by the computer getting Zamir White there. A nice guy to get at the end of these drafts. Now, Chris, a lot of people against my better judgment do play in leagues with kickers and defenses are fine. I don't love the scoring, but obviously real football players there. One thing I'm recommending, though, especially when you're drafting with preseason still to be played, do not draft defenses or kickers. Take handcuff running backs in the final two rounds and guess what if there's no injury that happens cut them and you can probably still pick up a top 10 or top 12 defensive kicker afterwards so keep that in mind here and that's why we are not going to be filling out the actual kicker and defense slots some leagues force you to do it but if you do not have to mm-hmm. do it cannot recommend enough actually not doing so so chris alec pierce renfro Tim Patrick, Marvin Mims, MVS, Curtis Samuel. I feel like we can get one more wide receiver out of this group before we finish things off with another handcuff RB or two. Who is uh, tickling your pickle out of this group? Uh, Tim Patrick sticks out, <laughs> sticks out of that group, like for sure. It's either him or MVS, but I think we have a like deep threat options and uh, Jefferson to Shahid that we can get by and also Gabe Davis from earlier. Uh, that Tim Patrick, I think, is the one that sticks out there. 
was dying at our new fantasy lab colleague, uh, Matthew Friedman, tweeting yesterday about how, uh, let's see, Tim Patrick turns 30 in November, has never had 800 yards in a season. Broncos beat reporters, Tim Patrick is Jerry Rice. And then the comeback from someone on Twitter, uh, Stepfather's Fantasy Football, said, I would love to see Jerry Rice get 800 yards with Drew Locke. So that's where we are with the uh, Tim <laughs> Patrick propaganda. I am absolutely here for it. Yeah. So P Pierre Strong sitting here, Chris, like he's been one of my favorite guys to draft late. I understand the Patriots are trying out running backs, but again, they're just going to keep in touch with Leonard Fournette. So far, no news on Dalvin Cook. I would say Pierre Strong is the guy to grab here, but we also have Malik Davis. Um, I can see if Chase Brown is down the board, maybe for the Bengals. Is there any running back in this range that you like? No, I think he's he his name sticks out for sure. The rest of the guys, like you had mentioned, Malik Davis. I mean, I see Isaiah Spiller down there. Travion, I mean, Travion Williams. I didn't see Chase Brown picked before. Yeah, he went round fourteen. This is a sharp. Oh, wow, he did. Man. Ooh, okay. So <laughs> then, yeah, for me, it would probably have to be Pierre Strong. We're gonna get one final pick here at the eighteen twelve spot. Went ahead and did eighteen rounds with these. So again pickings do get slim in a hurry but you know it's all good with that any thoughts on the giants running back room eric gray just went off the board matt Breida is maybe the guy to have behind saquon i don't know it's a pretty free-flowing situation that he's been the guy that they've trusted in the past in order to back up saquon so at least just looking at it from a historical standpoint like he'd be the one that i would probably want to have on the roster so yeah Looking through some, yeah, it's so freaking wicked, the running back position. Honestly, it's been that way for the last several rounds. That's why I was happy for us to get Jalen Warren, Tank Bigsby, and Kendrick Miller and Elijah Mitchell, one after another, Chris. Those are all guys that, again, right now, no, we're not thrilled putting them in the starting lineup, but injuries happen throughout an NFL season and yes. even throughout a preseason. I think we're giving us a lot of potential outs there. And honestly, let's just go ahead and grab Malik Davis, someone who right now does profile as a number two RB in Dallas. We will see if that holds but as the time you know for the time being looking pretty good so again guys out of the 101 here we got our stud quarterback jalen hurts there in round two got our stud tight end darren waller at the end of round six only ones we took there and again not we're not going to take a maybe we'll see we're not going to take a uh, necessarily take a top tier quarterback and top tier tight end in every draft but when we do only taking one of them each wide receiver room started off really strong with justin jefferson t higgins and christian watson i mean we're talking about jefferson higgins never leaving our top two wide receiver spots watson likely never leaving a flex so with all that firepower up there didn't feel the need to go super heavy the rest of the draft Still managed to get Gabe Davis out of good value. And again, later in the draft, some guys in three wide receiver sets and potentially good, not assuredly good. That's why they're as cheap as they are. Offenses like Van Jefferson, Rashid Shahid, and Tim Patrick. And when you're using all these all this high-end draft capital on positions not named running back, you need to get some shots in the chamber later. That led us to complimenting Cam Akers, Alexander Madison, and Samaje Pirine with Elijah Mitchell, Kendra Miller, Tank Bigsby, Jalen Warren, Pierre Strong, and Malik Davis. And as you can see here, at the bottom of this draft, you know, a bunch of these idiot computers taking kickers and defenses out here. And again, I get it. If you want to, if you have to do it in your league, you got to do it and that, by all means. But look, we have Pierre Strong and Malik Davis here. Yeah, I would not be surprised if they are complete nobodies. They might not even be active come week one, Chris, but mm -hmm. God forbid the Patriots don't sign one of these running backs or something happens to Ramondre Stevenson. Pierre Strong's name is going to be the one rising up draft boards. And same thing in Dallas, you know, if something happens to Tony Pollard or they don't re signed Zeke like a lot of people think it's going to happen Malik is going to be that guy so 
If they are, then we just got massive value on two running backs at the end of the draft. And if they aren't, okay, we'll cut them and take whatever kicker in defense isn't all that different from the guys getting drafted here in the first place. Yeah, and I think when it comes to redraft strategy, there's a there's that structural balance that a lot of drafters need to keep in mind, especially from the spot that we drafted, because drafting from the 101, you're going to be inclined to, at the very least, consider Justin Jefferson or Jamar Chase, right? You're going to have this like massive expected points uh, at the wide receiver position. And the way that we leaned, it's almost like, yeah, we got this seesaw here of like expected points and expected points, and then uh, just trying to look at how the running back position we could balance out with the running back position. At the start, we just loaded up on talent. We said, like, all right, we're going to take Justin Jefferson, we're going to take T. Higgins, we're going to take Christian Watson, we're going to take all these guys in order to say that, yeah, we've got, we're loaded at wide receiver talent. But then afterwards, we balanced it by saying, well, we'll just take lottery tickets. We'll get yeah. projected touches in Cam Akers. We'll, we'll add the, those types of guys. And then afterwards, we'll like try and work with the with the potential volume and lottery tickets with Kendry Miller, Tank Bigsby, I mean, all those guys that come after that. So that we're now trying to like really balance out the structure. And so that on a weekly basis, we've got the explosiveness from the wide receiver position, but also the upside from the running back position as well, because we've got the touches and we've also got the potential critical like green zone, red zone touches from the other guys that we drafted. Good stuff there. We're going to go ahead and do a 106 mock next. Again, can't recommend the great services from Sleeper enough. Just makes it so easy. And, you know, pretty good, I think, just overall view of the, you know, Chris, us having done so many best balls. Like, there weren't too many egregious values like there that I don't think you're ever going to see out there in drafts. Not perfect, but again, pretty good here stuff from Sleeper. So now we are drafting from the 106. Again, shout out to all of our YouTubers checking us out on the stream here. I love sleeper, but I do hate their noises that they have going if you don't mute them. So that'd be my one critique there. And yes, different draft here. Now we're at the 106, Chris. We've had Jefferson, Cup, Chase, McCaffrey, and Bijan go off the board. We have guys like Tyreek Hill still available. We have Austin Eckler. We have Travis Kelsey. I'm feeling pretty good about those options. I think we could pick any one of them and build a juggernaut out of it. What are you thinking here at the 106? I've typically gone uh, Tyreek Hill at this point. Uh, yeah, just because too. that tier of wide receiver drop off, I mean, it, it's it's Jefferson, it's Chase, it's Cup, and it's Tyreek. Those four guys. So if I can get them at the sixth position, that's that's where I would go. And that is where we did go with Tyreek. I know we have that outstanding, you know, stuff going on with the photographer, whoever it was that Tyreek didn't exactly exchange kind words with. But mm -hmm. did, did you hear Drew Davenport's opinion on that, Chris? I don't think we're looking at a suspension. No, I like I haven't seen like I didn't see the whole thread like from Drew, but I didn't think there was anything coming from a legal standpoint that we should worry about. Shout out Drew Davenport, real life criminal attorney who uh, also yeah. spends time hanging out with the boys poker nights and then also giving us all the information we need, need to know regarding suspension. 100%. So gotta appreciate that. Yeah. Again, this is a nice difference in redraft land, not in best ball land where we are now picking at the two seven Amon Ross St. Brown, Garrett Wilson, Josh Jacobs, Jalen Waddle still available. Chris, this is half point. So I would just keep that in mind is half point enough for you to go with Garrett Wilson over the sun God himself. Uh, yes, but you didn't sound very confident there. <laughs> I know that's where I just, I'm looking at it and I'm like, yeah, I get it, but I still want Amon Rostain Brown. Okay. Like I still, okay. I still, I still want, I still want ARSB. Like, give me the sun God. 
again, like, I, I, I understand. I understand people wanting to put Garrett Wilson over top of him, but that's just my personal preference. They're right there next to each other. Yeah. I wouldn't fault you for saying Garrett, and I'm not faulting you for saying the sun god himself. Mark Andrews off the board in round three. More running backs going. Jacobs, Pollard, Breeze, Stevenson, Najee Harris takes us all the way around here to the 3-6. T. Higgins, Chris Olave, Travis Etienne, DK Metcalf on the board. Chris, I feel like this is setting up for us to do a pretty similar strategy as we did last time. Keep pounding this wide receiver room. I don't think we need to go in on these quarterbacks, although Lamar Jackson is available. Might mm -hmm. have a chance to get him to fall back to round four. Personally, I think having the chance in the middle of the third to get one of Higgins, Alave, or even Metcalf is too much to pass up. Yeah, that's that's where I'm thinking. Considering we just did T. Higgins at the at the one two at the two three turn last time, and seeing him almost what six picks like behind ADP, or right. at least where we drafted him last. Yeah, I want Higgins there again. Let's go ahead. Yeah, yeah, man. You're a Bengals fan. Let's get T. Yeah. Higgins. Why the hell not? Uh, Same yeah. tier with it. And I will say, you know, something that worries me about Chris Olave. It's I understand how good he is. I understand how special that rookie season was. But when that mm -hmm. rookie season was so special and you finish as the wide receiver 26 in PPR points per game, no Michael Thomas, no Jarvis Landry. I'm not completely convinced that Derek Carr is going to be a massive upgrade over future Hall of Fame quarterback Andy Dalton. Just kidding, but that is what Miles Sanders said, and we can't forget that he said that. That was one of the more ridiculous <laughs> statements of the summer, Chris. Here we are in round four, Amari Cooper, Calvin Ridley, TJ Hawkinson, J.K. Dobbins, DeAndre Hopkins still very much on the board. I'm looking at this and I'm thinking Amari Cooper and or Calvin Ridley are making the most sense here. This would be starting off with four wide receivers. But again, Chris, it is an opportunity cost game where if we're doing this, we know that we are locking in our wide receiver one, wide receiver two, and probably both flex spots with these wide receivers all season long. So the rest of the draft, man, we could probably get away with only adding another one or two wide receivers, period. That would be the allure of taking a wide receiver here. Of course, we don't want to completely miss out on the running back. So I'm not against a jk dobbins right here but what are your thoughts again between cooper ridley hawkinson and dobbins we'll say uh i lean dobbins and the reason why this is i would have i would have said wide receiver a couple of days ago i was sitting on the, the legendary upside pat Corain, like he wound up having uh, the seven hour stream just a couple of days ago sitting on the like my segment with roto pat uh and uh, kyle dvorchik like from nbc they had a conversation with one of the uh, Baltimore beat reporters. They were saying that J.K. Dobbins' expectation is they're going to start using him as their third down back, like, for Ooh. this season. So I was like, oh, well, that's interesting. I mean, maybe things might change in terms of their pass right now with Todd Munkin. But if now if we're seeing more of an expanded role for J.K. Dobbins here and, like, in, like for this upcoming season, I'm kind of – I'm more into Dobbins, like, as looking – versus looking at how he was historically used with Greg Roman in Baltimore. So I think this is a, at least a – decent pick given where we're at like with our roster justice for jk dobbins so people don't have to die in that hill see what i yeah. did there <laughs> yeah, I like that. Okay, Terry McLaurin, Damian Pierce, Jerry Judy, Christian Watson, Kyle Pitts, Cam Akers still sitting there for us here in round five. Again, already got such good wide receivers. I'm not against adding another one, but I do think as much as I love my guy, Scary Terry, this is a pretty long tier of guys. You know, if we end up waiting here and we end up getting someone like Michael Pittman or Mike Williams or Marquise Brown as our fourth wide receiver a round or two later, I'm not going to be hating that. So, Chris, I think here we could take a Damian Pierce or Cam Akers again. That said, I think that tier is kind of long. What can we get here that we can't get later? As much as I do like coming away with Darren Waller every single draft, I am not 100%. Yeah, about the same, man. I'm not 100. It's one of these things where 
I do want to be careful with this because as much as I think James Conner is a much better value than Miles Sanders, and I think Darren Waller is a better value than Kyle Pitts. I mean, we see football, Chris, weird shit happens. Guys get yeah. injured. Guys just don't play as well as we think they're going to play. I'm certainly not 100% confident in those takes. And accordingly, I do want some exposure to potential game-breaking talent like mm-hmm. Kyle Pitts. So we went ahead and locked him down in round five. And through these first five rounds, we have Tyreek Hill, Amon Ross St. Brown, T. Higgins, J.K. Dobbins, and Kyle Pitts not taking another tight end because we are fully expecting Kyle Pitts to ball the hell out. And if he doesn't, you know, we're going to have to go to the waiver wire and, or we're going to be screwed anyway. Like the, like the great Ricky Bobby said, man, first or last, and we are not playing for fifth or some madness like that. As we get in the round six now, again, here, Michael Pittman, Brandon Ayuk, Christian Kirk, Tyler Lockett, still all on the board. Some of the running backs are Rashad White, Isaiah Pacheco, Kamara, David Montgomery, James Cook. I feel like the drop-off at wide receiver is going to be a little bit steeper here, Chris. I'd be fine waiting one more round before we start really loading up on running backs. But what are your thoughts here? I could be talked into uh, maybe a Rashad White. Oh, like Javante? Like, what are your thoughts on Javante, like, as of right now? Because that that one stuck out to me, like, right there. But then, to your point, seeing Ayuk there, honestly, seeing Kirk there kind of sticks out in my mind because from a best ball standpoint, I've been taking Kirk almost a roundish earlier than where we're drafting at right now. So even Dante Johnson, like, seeing him down, like, down there, uh, like, a little bit. So, like, those guys, I would go with Javante here or Kirk Deontay, Ayuk, like one of one of those guys. Even bang the table for Javante a little bit. So we can we can go ahead and lock that in. And you know what? If we need to just fill up a few early season weeks, then that's okay. But maybe we don't, man. Like the fact that they didn't draft a running back, they didn't add anyone other than P Ryan to, you know, replace what they had last year. I do think there's a chance that we see Javante not completely crushing it. But hey, as much as we've talked about Brees Hall kind of having that Saquon Barkley-esque ramp up. It seems to be trending like Javante could have something similar going on, man. So, yes, more complicated knee injury, but so far, just one good news after another for Javante Williams. So, we went ahead and took him at 6-7. And now, accordingly, as we get into round 7, we still have Deontay Johnson, Mike Evans, and those guys available. So, I think we pulled the trigger on Deontay here, right, Chris? Yes, sir. Yeah, that'd be, that'd be my pick. And surprisingly enough, to your point about uh, Javante and the knee injury, we did hear yesterday what Brees Hall, like, being placed on the PUP, haven't heard anything negative about Javante yet. Now we'll see. I mean, you know, news, we might get the, the Friday Schefter news dump. It could yeah. be something like that for Javante. But as of right now, things are trending in the right direction for him. More complicated knee injury versus Brees Hall, who's sitting on the PUP. Through seven rounds, our wide receivers are Tyreek, Sun God, Higgins, and Deontay Johnson. Feeling great. We'll tack on a couple more guys at the very, not, not very end of the draft, but in the later rounds. But for right now, we are good. We have our tight end in Kyle Pitts, and we have two running backs in Dobbins and Javante Williams. I don't think there's a running back here, Chris, in terms of Dylan, Charbonnet, Penny, Robinson, P. Ryan. No one's like sticking out to me like I need to draft them right now. I think the guy we need to draft is Deshaun Watson because this is kind of the drop off where, again, we mentioned it earlier. Once you get past Deshaun Watson, I do think you need to start taking two quarterbacks. And right now, what quarterback is there here in round eight that could feasibly be going round two next year? It's Deshaun Watson. Yep. And honestly, when I was thinking about our build at the very start, when we grabbed Tyreek Hill in the, in the first round, and I was thinking, well, if this is going to be more of a later QB type of build, 
Could we stack him with Tua later? Absolutely. But seeing a guy like Deshaun Watson, and to your point, thinking that he falls into that quarterback 10 range we were discussing earlier about, what's that cutoff about where you'd feel comfortable starting one quarterback? Watson fits into that, so I like it. And look at that. Tua was taken just two picks after. Or mini quarterback run going right there. Anthony Richardson a few picks after that. So, yes, we did miss out on Dylan, Charbonnet, and Brian Robinson. But I would mm. argue Penny, Jamal Williams, Samaj P. Ryan, Khalil Herbert arguably factor into that tier as well. So do you think we need to take a running back here, Chris? Anyone here sticking out to you? Penny, for sure, at this point, yeah. because like we were talking, the profile of running back that we'd want to try and get into here after getting guys that we would essentially assume to be our two starters. Again, we haven't heard any negative inf information about Javante. J.K. Dobbins seems to be on track. So if you want that lottery ticket type of player, a guy like Penny obviously fits into that after his monstrous run towards the back end of the 2021 season. So, yeah, I'm in on Penny. Now, as we get into round 10, I know we said we're done at wide receivers, but Elijah Moore is just looking at me, at Chris. Was, and yeah, that's, we're on the, we, we are simpatico, man. Like that's, we that's got the to. one that sticks out. Yeah, we got to. We just drafted Deshaun Watson. I know stacks don't have to be as important in redraft, but come on, man. After Elijah Moore here, we're talking about Odo Beckham, Jacoby Myers, Adam freaking Thielen. I said yeah. enough. We got to get Elijah Moore. And that really is some nice value there again in the middle of round 10. So now with five wide receivers i mean it this time we're gonna wait at least you know five more rounds before so you say we get another one yeah so i say oh my gosh tyler boyton no i'm just kidding. yeah see that's, a, that's what i have to say like i saw i noticed it but i was like no i'm not gonna press for i'm not gonna press for tyler boyd here like i won't do that to you Hey, by taking all these wide receivers, we have established that our two flex spots are going to be used by the wide receivers. So we just need mm -hmm. to fill up those two running back spots. Again, should be Dobbins and Javante Williams more weeks than not, but we got a lottery ticket in Rashad Penny, and we got some more options still on the board that can, again, serve out these flex with benefits types. I think we're going to start having some similar players on this squad. It's the last one, Chris, in these rounds of the draft, because mm -hmm. I think in these rounds of the draft, the running backs are the best, man. We've already gotten our elite quarterback. We've already gotten our elite tight end. I don't want these, you know, Rondale Moore, Romeo Dobbs, Zay Jones, Michael Gallup. I get they could work out, but them compared to these running backs that are legit one injury away from leaping in to be must-start options, man. These are the guys I want to be taking here at this part in the draft. So Algier, Singletary, you know, Zeke, Bigsby, Jalen Warren. Who's sticking out for you here, Chris? Algier, for, uh, for the same points that we had talked about in the last draft, even if let's say Bijan plays like a full season, completely healthy and all that, the way that that offense is constructed, what Arthur Smith would pro what likes to do with the running game and how Algier performed down the stretch last season, he's one of my guys that I want to target towards the later round of drafts. I'm just going to keep clicking on some of these running backs as we fly Get through this. Because again, kind of already went through the general strategy for this build with our five wide receivers. Yeah, we're playing catch up at running back now, and let's see how it works out. Tajay Spears in round 13 yeah. going after Roshan Johnson. Again, the fact that we're not seeing more love from him. Hey, you're seeing plenty from the fantasy life staff. Don't get me wrong, but mm -hmm. that is on Haskins news was huge. I mean, look, yeah. the, it's freaking, uh, what, Julius Chestnut is the only other guy that's uh, on on that roster and he was an undrafted dude from last year if something happens to derrick henry or like you know that same logic people use where what the titans just suck and they turn the they turn it over to levis you know by december i don't think we're gonna see you know a terrible three and ten titans team just still insisting on giving derrick henry 35 carries a game up the middle man so if that's your belief with Tannehill to levis i think it should also be that for henry to uh 
Tajay Spears at some point. Jerome Ford falling down the board a little bit. Happy mm-hmm. to get him. I consider yep. Tajay Spears, Jerome Ford, and Kenneth Gamewell probably my three favorite true late-round running backs that you're still able to get. Your boy Clyde Eversolaire is on the board, Chris. Let's add him to the squad. Why the hell not? And again, guys, this is like what we're talking about. This is the allure of going heavy wide receiver early. We now have guys in Tyler Algier, Tank Bigsby, Tajay Spears, Jerome Ford, and Clyde Eversolaire. Literally all of them are one injury away from arguably leaping immediately into the top 24. And if that game goes well, we could be talking about top 12 guys. Again, mm-hmm. we've lived in a world where Dearness Johnson, where Zonovan Knight, where these absolute no-name running backs get pushed up the fantasy ranks because of that sweet, sweet volume. That's what we are opening ourselves up to there. So we've made the last three rounds, Chris. Again, I don't think we need another quarterback or a tight end here. There are some, you know, not to get carried away at the wide receivers. We could go one more if we want to. Thoughts on, you know, some of the wide receivers or running back options available. I've been digging on Jaden Reed, like towards the back end of drafts, uh, just looking at his like wide receiver profile. I know uh, our buddy Matt Harmon has been talking about him, thinking that he could potentially wind up being the the Packers wide receiver that we should be targeting. Already the starting wide receiver, like for uh, in the slot, like for the Packers. Yeah, I like Reed. We went ahead and locked in Reed. And we now only have two more picks here. Fly through with a few more running backs. We'll go Malik Davis again. Why the hell not? And not? your boy Travion Williams, perhaps? What what happened to Chris Evans, man? What the hell happened to Chris I don't, Evans? I don't know, man. Like it just feels like they're they've just been well, I mean, Samaje like really removed any hype like for him. They've really been talking up like Travion like over the offseason. I know Zach Taylor made it a point to mention him, but like when they when they also drafted uh Chase Brown. So yeah, I don't I don't know. It's it might be another year or so like before we see anything out of those guys. Evan, hmm. Hey, Chris, question. If Jonathan yeah. Taylor, something were to happen to him, who benefits? Anthony Richardson. Yeah, true. <laughs> but do you think it's Evan Hole or Zach Moss? Has anyone asked this question Zach, in fantasy Zach Moss. this year? Yeah, I, I think, think it's it would, Moss. I think, it, yeah, from a profile standpoint, he would be the one to benefit. Let's get some Zach Moss. Uh, shout out to, is it Michelle, one of the Ball Blast girls? Like her, uh, yeah, Zach Moss's biggest fan? There we go. Yeah. Shout, out, shout out Ball Blast girls. Love, yeah. love, love them. All right. From the 106, guys, again, we were able to get our elite QB, Deshaun Watson, in round eight. Didn't have to pull the trigger in round two and three, and accordingly, we're able to get that extra dope wide receiver there. So took Watson, and we were done. Also got Kyle Pitts in round five, where, yeah, got our elite tight end done there. Because, again, when you're seeing, man, like the last tight end picked was, uh, let's see, Mike Jasicki there. So even if, like, yeah, Kyle Pitts gets hurt or he just doesn't freaking work out or something, we're still going to have guys like, you know, a Kate Otten or a Jake Ferguson or a Hunter Henry, guys that we're going to see play more than we expect in week one and have an opportunity to get on the waiver wire if needed so loving Mm -hmm. the opportunity there with the quarterback and tight end same thing with quarterback man Derek Carr CJ Stroud like those were the last two quarterbacks taken Matthew Stafford wasn't drafted and I don't yeah and like that is wild man but it's also something we've continued to see throughout the offseason he's still and even in competitive drafts barely cracking the top 20 I don't even think he is cracking the top 20 Ryan Tannehill is someone that's going to be sitting out there for you Brock Purdy wasn't drafted so 
I get it. I'm not saying they should have been going ahead of these guys that were drafted, but those are the players that are going to be available for you on your waiver wire. You do not need two QBs or two tight ends if you are loading up like we did at the position. And accordingly, Chris, it allows us to freaking go all out and draft, you know, 16 running backs and wide receivers. We yeah. went heavy on the wide receivers with Tyreek, Sungod, Higgins, Deontay Johnson, and even Elijah Moore doing a Jaden Reed for good measure. And otherwise, man, with, a, as you guys can see, a lot of green down here for us of course we're not mixing in those evil uh, kickers or defenses and accordingly man Dobbins and Javante Williams to start and then just one dart after another in terms of Penny Algier Bigsby Spears Ford CH Malik Davis and Zach Moss it's one of those things, man. Uh, I saw Mark Cuban tweeted out not that long ago, and it was about a uh, more entrepreneurism where it was like showing, you know, a uh, scale. And then like on one side, it was like 10 or 12 no's. And then on the other side, it was one yes. And it was, you know, fully weighing things down because mm -hmm. in certain things of life, if you get one yes, that can just far so outweigh, you know, 15 no's. We don't need all freaking six or seven of these running backs to work out. But my God, if one or two of them do, Chris, we're going to have another loaded guy that we got in round, you know, 11 or later, adding to an offense that is already looking pretty well set. Personally, I feel better about this team from the 106 and our options throughout than I did with the 101. Yeah, exactly. And let's say even taking this a step further, once you get into this season, looking at this squad, some of those running backs might be performing a bit more. And let's say you can flip one of those guys. And let's say Tyler Algier and Jaden Reed for an AJ Dillon, a guy that you would need like a little bit more of a flex with benefits type of production rate that we would need in order to fill in one of those running back spots. So while we've loaded up on running back, think about the potential trades that you can make within your league, assuming that mm -hmm. your league allows you to do that so that you can start to upgrade the position because you have so much more to work with from at the running backs position. All right, guys, one more here. This will probably be our fastest one yet because we've already kind of broken down just a lot of the player takes throughout it, but going to do one more mock here from the 112 position. Again, shout out Sleeper for making this possible and just being able to roll out these mock drafts, man. I know when you get in the lobbies, it. especially sometimes with other people, it's almost like a nuisance, not only because... I, well, when you're dealing with the real people, man, I feel like they just like stop drafting after the first couple rounds. So then you're getting horrendous reps uh, mm -hmm. compared to what you can be getting here. So again, going from the 112 right now, Chris, the name that's sticking out is Stefan Diggs falling down here. We do get the turn so we can take Stefan Diggs. And I think Nick Chubb, who's inexplicably going behind Jonathan Taylor and Saquon Barkley, AJ Brown is also there. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I'm seeing AJ Brown and Steph Diggs there at the, at the one, two turn. If I was in a best ball league, I would I would I would hammer AJ Brown and Stefan Diggs like right then and there. But just understanding the fact that we do want to try and at least approach it from a balanced standpoint, going Diggs, Chubb isn't the worst way to go. That's my thought. Again, AJB ended up going next pick to Team 11. Shout out Team 11, just really making some good moves all day out here. But yeah, happy, very happy, I should say, with Diggs and Chubb, two guys that firmly within the top five in their position. And now gives us a lot of options here. We already got a beast mm -hmm. running back. If we want to load up on wide receivers, we can. Of course, you know, only two picks in. There's a lot of options still out there, but don't yeah. mind that balanced approach to start. As we get to the round three, four turn now, Kenneth Walker, Lamar Jackson, Jameer Gibbs, Keenan Allen, Aaron. Aaron Jones, Joe Mixon, top guys available. Personally, Chris, I think we're kind of approaching the point of both running back and wide receiver where these are pretty long tiers. I'm open to taking either of those positions, but for me, Lamar Jackson is sticking out. Joe Burrow, Hurts, Allen, and Mahomes already off the board. That's what I was going to go Lamar, and then I, I typically lean wide receiver here. 
I'm liking Keenan Allen's outlook for uh, for 2023. So that's probably where I would go. Calvin Ridley, Amari Cooper also there. I think, yep. again, that, that is a tier. And I think it's a tier with Walker, Gibbs, Jones, and Mixon. So we'll go ahead and lock in Keenan Allen. If we had taken A.J. Brown, you know, instead of Nick Chubb in round two, definitely would have been more open to getting that first RB with, sure. in terms of a probably Joe Mixon there, maybe a Jameer Gibbs. But, yeah, more than happy there getting Keenan as our wide receiver, too. Once he returned last year from injury, guys, I believe scored the second most overall PPR points from like week 12 to week 18. And even if you just say, Ian, we're about the bye weeks, that's not fair. Only drops mm -hmm. the wide receiver three in terms of that. So great stuff yep. from Keenan at the end of the year. As we get to the round five, six turn, Kyle Pitts once again staring mm -hmm. at us, Chris, but do have some pretty good running backs. Swift, James Conner, Madison, Goddard, Mike Williams, Michael Pittman. How about for the sake of doing something a little bit different here? Again, I would not be against taking Kyle Pitts, but if we do go ahead and get DeAndre Swift and one of James Conner, Alexander Madison, we're going to have a pretty strong RB core, and we're not going to need to devote the same sort of resources later to taking all those running backs. You know, we could potentially take two or three tight ends in that tier later and kind of see how that works out. Are you open to that, or is this just like too egregious to not take Kyle Pitts for you? No, no, no. I think switching it up in order to give the listeners and also the listeners a different strategy, but also from our purposes so we can kind yeah. of think through this because people are going to be stuck at this spot in their leagues at some point. So, yeah, I like that approach. So I'm going to say DeAndre Swift here, someone that generally we're seeing, you know, priced up more. James Conner mm -hmm. versus Alexander Madison. Is it as simple as we're looking at two hopeful workhorse running backs? And once again, Madison's in the far better offense because that's kind of how I'm breaking it down. That's where I'm looking at it, too. I mean, who's going to have the better passer? I mean, sure, if you want to debate, like, who's better between Kirk Cousins and Colt McCoy, yeah, fine. Go ahead and argue. Like, go and argue about that. But I would say right now, I would bank on the Vikings. Kirk Cousins getting a whole new appreciation for that guy in that quarterback series. Not to keep bringing it up throughout this podcast, but yeah, I heard he was talking about like he busted his ribs or something like that in week 10 of last year. And it felt like it he was said, like, earlier. It was, um, it was the Washington game. He made that amazing throw oh, down yeah. the side on the Jefferson. And it was, I think it was a uh, Duran Payne just absolutely Lit crushes him, him. And this like, they show how it just hurts cousins like for weeks on that he's still dealing with this but after pain gets up and cousins is just lying there he just goes you'll be all right and walks away <laughs> savage man all right as we get the round seven again already took lamar jackson so we do not care about the quarterbacks on the board and we have swift madison and nick chubb so this is about the time where wide receivers start to get pretty weak chris there mm -hmm. is evan ingram pat fryer with david njoku but again i think we're kind of embracing a late round tight end approach darren Waller went one pick before us. Fucking team 11, man. Just yeah, making plays us. today yeah. out there. This feels like a double tap wide receiver situation for me. And I think we got the dogs to do it. Addison, Kadarius, Tony, Quentin Johnson, and Gabe Davis. Chris, I'd be fine with any of those two. Yeah, just make it taking into account that we already took Keenan Allen earlier. So we aren't, mm. I would, I would not take Quentin Johnston here, but I would say that either of those first two, like Addison and Tony, I think are fine. Davis, I mean, we took him in the first draft, right? But either of those, I think Addison for sure. Uh, honestly, I'd take Gabe Davis just looking at the other wide receivers that we currently have. Oh, oh no, take that back. We we took Diggs earlier. Ah, oh, fuck. Oh, for the well. same it's reason. I just, this is why we do mock drafts, I even Chris. literally looked at it and said like, oh, we took Keenan earlier, so we can't take Quentin Johnston. And then I say Gabe Davis. 
Y'all don't listen to me. Don't listen to me. Same tier of wide receivers. Pretend like we took Kadarius Tony there. Of course, Team 11 got Tony, you know, as soon as we made that. Yeah, as soon as I said that. Team 11 just capitalizing on every mistake we're making out here. But yes, again, so honestly, though, Chris, the way things went, a lot of tight ends flying off the board, people, you know, double tapping their quarterbacks because they didn't get a good one like we did. So now as we get back to round nine, round 10, again, we didn't load up on wide receivers like we normally would. So now we're getting still two options of guys like Zay. Flowers, Rashad Bateman, Jamison Williams, Elijah Moore again. I feel like we should once again be double tapping here because the tight ends available with Fryermuth off the board. We're talking about Dalton Schultz, Chiggy Aconquo, Dalton Kincaid. Guys that I understand if you have them ranked ahead of the other ones, but very long tight end tier. I mean, we can talk about getting Higby and Gerald Everett rounds later. Don't need a quarterback. Looking at the running backs available, Khalil Herbert, Damian Harris, Elijah Mitchell. I feel like because we already got Swift, Madison, and Chubb, we are not only hoping, praying, Chris, that those are going to be our guys that are just carrying this team. We use high draft capital on them for a reason. We'll add a few more running backs later. But for me, like because these guys aren't going to be starting anyway, I'm fine waiting for the Jerome Fords of the world instead of going at these running backs. I still think there's some legit wide receiver value here with Rashad Bateman, Jameson, and Elijah Moore. Double-click wide receiver. Yeah, double-click wide receiver for sure. Uh, anyone, yeah, it's Zay Flowers. I, I'm not too upset with where Juju's priced at right now, so I'd be fine with him. Uh, but one of the Baltimore receivers for sure, Jamison, I think is okay. I mean, we're not going to get him for the first six weeks, but starting off with Diggs, Keenan, uh, we throw in Addison. We don't uh, we need have, him. We don't need, we don't need him. him. We don't need him right away. So I think that's okay too. Looking at the guys going here, I mean, Elijah Moore is a really good pick, too. And we took him last time, and yeah, mm-hmm. he's not going to come back around to us. So that would have been my other choice there. But, yeah, Jamison Williams, man, like, he's not a one-for-one. You know, DeAndre Hopkins from last year where we knew how high he was going to be ranked once that suspension was over. But, you know, Hopkins was going earlier than what Jamison is now, so I don't hate that value there, especially when we were already able to claw together five wide receivers ahead of Jamison. If we had gone really heavy running back and we only had, like, two wide receivers, at this point, Chris, no, I would not be down for Jameson, but the way things played out, more than happy there. Yep. Now, we have six wide receivers. We have Swift, Madison, and Chubb. Starting to look like we need a tight end here on this roster, Chris. And Greg Dolchitz, Sam Laporta, Gerald Everett. I mean, this is the allure, man. You just look at it, and personally, I'm seeing Dolchich and Gerald Everett here as two guys that, based on their week one role, man, could honestly be vying for top 12 treatment sooner rather than later. I would be very fine double-tapping Dolchitz and Everett right here. Yeah, I, I agree with that because looking at the wide receivers, I mean, Tyler Boyd is still there. I mean, he kind of sticks out as a wide receiver we could take. Don't honestly need him at this point. Running backs, like he mentioned, Singletary, Donta Foreman, Raheem Mostert. Also, guys that, like a part of a tier we can wait on. So, yeah, I think double tapping tight end, given our earlier selections, I think makes a lot of sense. And I wonder more and more, and so we have Dolchich and Everett. That's probably good, right? Even though we waited, like... I just, if we really think someone else out there has that upside, then okay. But in best ball land, I would feel the need to add two more tight ends for sure. But right Mm -hmm. now, like Dolchus and Everett, if they don't work out, man, I'm fine attacking the waiver wire. Like we don't, I don't think the upside of putting someone like Trey McBride or Dawson Knox on here is really going to do us much good. If Dolchus and Everett aren't it, okay, we'll have other options on the waiver wire. 
Right. And to your point about the from the last draft, Hunter Henry wasn't drafted. I'm sure we can find probably nobody wants it. Like Jake Ferguson probably might be out there from Dallas. I mean, there are multiple options that will likely be available out there on the waiver wire. So, yeah, I think just going to there, the two that we selected with week one rolls is the way to go. Went ahead and drafted for us. Nothing against you, Chris. We just kind of already talked about these guys. Michael yep. Gallup and Jerome Ford here at yep. the round 13, 14 turn. Again, got our tight ends. Michael Gallup. I love that uh, Zay Jones comp for Gallup, Chris. I just think I understand Brandon Cook's past success, but we're talking about him going on average 50 picks ahead of Michael Gallup. And hey, don't forget about that five-year 57 mil extension Gallup signed last year. I know he wasn't particularly good last year, but we can give him the benefit of the doubt to an extent coming off that late season like legit late mm -hmm. December, early January, uh, torn ACL. I mean, Gallup said this time last summer, I think he said this back in May, like not July, but I think it was like back in May or something of last summer. He wasn't even walking yet. So yeah, yeah. going to give him a little bit of the benefit of the doubt there. Now, as we are sitting here round 15, four more picks again, do not need a quarterback. We could, I'm not against taking their tight end. It's just not a necessity. Alec Pierce, Jaden Reed, DPJ, Tim Patrick. What are you thinking here, Chris? Because the running backs available between Kareem Hunt, you know, my guys, my guy CPAT, I love him. Maybe yeah. Zamir White or Pierce. Zamir White's the only one that kind of sticks out to me here. Uh, that's the one I was going to mention. Like we could tap uh, Zamir White there in order to kind of lock up the running back position. Wide, wide receivers. Yeah. Looking at wide receivers. I mean, I'll always advocate for Jaden Reed. I know we took him earlier. Scrolling down the list of guys that are available. NVS is still kicking around. He's not a bad guy to kind of mix in, giving some of the other wide receivers that we currently have on the roster. Wouldn't say that's the worst option there. Devonta Parker. Uh, not that bad. I mean, considering the extension that he just got, there are a few names Parker. out there. Let's get Parker. But yeah, this is one, again, when we're talking about a 16th round and, you know, uh, 18 rounds. Like, yeah, yeah guess it what? Goes. Not going to yeah. be many slam dunks out there, Chris. It's it's one of those things that kills me too. You know, the, oh, just draft, you know, good players and good offenses. Like, yeah, I would love oh, yeah, to. Sweet. I, yeah. Excellent pretty hard strategy. to find those after a few rounds though, Chris. So yeah, got a uh, fun little newsletter intro. Uh, actually, you'll be out by the time you guys read this, looking at what positions have been able to overcome bad scoring offenses and the correlation between scoring offenses and just fantasy production and quarterbacks and wide receivers so much higher than running backs and tight ends. So something to nice, keep in mind nice, here nice. as you're going out. For the final time, do not draft defenses and kickers if you do not have to because you can take running backs like, I don't know, Joshua Kelly. Seems like, you know, the Chargers RB2 behind Austin Eckler. Why mm -hmm. the hell not? And then even, you know, even some like Donovan Peoples-Jones, man, available in the final round, I will sign up for that. So, again, yep. just Chris, three different draft strategies now from the 112. We did get our early QB again, Lamar Jackson. Way a little bit more at tight end, but again, you don't, I just really struggle and, you know, I'm not, this is the first time we've done this. We'll get more into the weeds or redraft stuff, but I'm not completely convinced that, you know, you ever need to take more than two tight ends in a redraft, even if you do wait. So I'm okay with that. And from there, man, just getting to absolutely spam wide receivers and running backs uh, throughout it. So in this version, we know we only had Stefan Diggs and Keenan Allen through the first six rounds because we took Chubb, Swift, and Madison, but we did not wait too long. We were still able to attack that wide receiver three, wide receiver four tier with Jordan Addison, Gabe Davis, Rashad Bateman, and Jamison Williams again with the late round picks focusing on wide receivers who are very much starting in three wide receiver sets inside of offenses that we think could actually be pretty good passing the football Michael Gallup Devontae Parker and Donovan Peoples-Jones alongside running backs that are presumably just one injury away from making something happen in terms of Jerome Ford Samir White and Joshua Kelly I like the squad Chris honestly if I had to rank these 
Well, I might like this one best. I think I feel like the 112 and the 106 were better than the 101. Maybe that was just because of some hijinks going on, you know, with the computers picking different guys from <laughs> yeah. the 101. But us. I, I think more than anything, just kind of going through and again, adjusting the rest of your roster construction based on, you know, who you have spent your premium picks on. That's my biggest takeaway here. Yeah. And it goes back to that seesaw analogy I was giving earlier, where in this one, it was almost more apparent because when we started off with the more balanced build going like wide receiver, running back, wide receiver, running back early so that we have our core. And so like both positions are balanced. Then again, we're trying to like add some more upside at wide receiver with Jordan Addison, seeing how he breaks out throughout his like rookie campaign, but then also tacking on some running back upside in the later round. So it's like making sure as you're building up your roster, you're not really overweighting either of the two skill positions so that when you are done building your roster, you have high upside of the quarterback position with Lamar Jackson, good uh, good onesie positions like in Dulcich and Everett. So you have week one potential there, but then those running backs and wide receivers, man, you can tell yourself a story about both skill positions going off on a week to week basis with the personnel we have. So honestly, I think that one was probably our best minus the whole Gabe Davis versus Kadarius Tony pick. But otherwise you can flip a coin between one and two, but I think three was the best. Great stuff, Chris. Fun time, Chris. Good getting uh, three of these out here. And again, thank you to our friends over at Sleeper for having such great technology and a mock draft tool to make us, you know, able to knock out three of these in a hurry. And honestly, again, like we had two minute timers on, but so many different options that you have here. And, you know, again, can't recommend enough getting some reps in with best ball. And we are not quitting best ball, believe me, but getting some of these mock drafts under your belt, just to kind of know the range that these guys are going. Nothing wrong with getting your guys, but why get your guy in round three when you you know he's still going to be there in round six. That's all we're really trying to help here when it comes to, you know, evaluating ADP and stuff like that. So appreciate you guys tuning in to another edition of the Fantasy Life Podcast. Don't want to spoil anything too much, but I can say that we're going to have some other drafts going on soon that are not mocks, very much having real life money on there. So stay tuned for that announcement. Going to be a fun time. And of course, we'll still continue to have some hot best ball summer going on as well. So for Chris, I'm Ian. Thanks again for tuning in to Fantasy Life Podcast. And until next time, take care, everybody.